Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you'd like to join in on our discussion, have a prayer request, or a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. Praise reports, too. Those are always good. That number would be 702-650-5588. Again, the local number would be 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, that toll-free number to join in on our discussion today would be 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over the Internet, over KKVV's website. Their website is www.kkvv. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. And we're also being streamed live in real time from Save the Loss at All Costs' website. And our web address is www.savethelosslv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we encourage you to visit our website. Again, www.savethelosslv.org. Look for radio broadcasts. Uh, You'll be able to click onto the archives. The gospel is always free on our watch. And we encourage you to listen and encourage others to listen with you. We also would like to thank Senior Pastor Joseph E. Terry Jr. and Evangelist Verlisa Coleman for co-hosting last week. And that broadcast is up on the website, so you can listen. Again, thank you for your devotion and service to the Lord. If you have a cell phone, then I encourage you to lock in this number to listen to KKVV anytime you like, and you can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. That number is 563 563- Nine 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 thirty one ninety four. Again, it should be one of your cell phone contacts. That number is five six three nine 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 thirty one ninety four. If you have a Apple device, we are also being archived on iTunes for free. Save the loss at all costs. Again, the gospel is free on our watch. Now, usually I give you a Greek word, but uh, I'm kind of rolling in the Old Testament today. And I will be going to the New Testament, but the word I'd like to share with you uh, is a Hebrew word. So usually I give you a Greek word, but I think you'll allow me to share this Hebrew word with you today. So it comes out of Strong's, but it is the Hebrew, and the number is H6279. Again, the number is H279, and the word is Atar. Atar, that's spelled A. T-H-A-R. And that word means to entreat, to help, to comfort, attempt to reconcile, to pray, 
to make supplication, to plead. And you'll see how that word plays a big part in what we're going to look at today. So we're going to look at praying for your enemies. So, again, we're going to look at praying for your enemies. And the first person we're going to look at uh, is Moses and Aaron. So this was um, pretty profound, and I wanted to share it with you. And then we'll go over to uh, some more Old Testament, and then we'll end up in the New Testament and tie it all together. Again, we're going to be talking about praying for your enemies. So I pray that you open up your hearts and minds and you receive what the Lord has to say to you and through you. Uh, it's my humble prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to go to Exodus 12 and we're going to look at verses 31 and 32. Again, Exodus 12, we're going to look at verses 31 and 32. I am in the New King James Version. So the Word of God says this, Exodus 12, verse 31. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. 32. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. Notice at the end of Verse 32, it says, and bless me also. Well, this is Pharaoh talking to Aaron and Moses. And you heard the instruction. He's gotten to the point where he's just totally out of gas. He can't fight uh, God anymore. Uh, he has succumbed that. You know, God is the better God. Now, keep in mind, Pharaoh still believes and holds to himself that he is a God. But he is willing to concede that he could not outdo God concerning God's people. He just, he had to tap out. But he says... Again, at the end of verse 32. And bless me also. Now, Pharaoh has come to the conclusion. Not only is he no match for God. But God is quite capable of doing what he says he's going to do. When he says he's going to do it. And there's nothing are no one that could stop him. You know, Pharaoh's of the mindset that he's polytheist. And a polytheist is a person that believes in multiple gods. And a monotheist would be one that uh, worships one god. And uh, we are of that faith where we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the Trinity. And we would be considered a monotheist because we believe in the Most High God. Pharaoh, they worship all kinds of gods. So, and he had never heard of Jehovah. That wasn't a God that he was familiar with because it wasn't one of the gods that he was aware of as to one of the gods that he worshipped in Egypt. So, 
he just was of the mindset, well, I don't even know who this God is. And if I don't know who this God is, why should I listen to this God and why should I follow this God? And God was quite aware that there are many who are under the mindset they don't have to follow anybody that they don't know. And who is this God that's going to challenge me? Because some people believe that they're safe in their things. They're safe in their possessions. They're safe in their titles. They're safe in their positions. They're safe in their health. They're safe in their mind. And they're safe in oppressing and terrorizing and being entitled. You know, there are a lot of people who believe in the God of self. And they are under the false impression that because things appear to be going well, that that's how it's always going to be. And it's so sad that they work day and night, night and day, amassing, collecting, bullying, terrorizing, lying, cheating, stealing, Just being an outright demagogue. And think, well, okay, I've never suffered any consequences. So why do I think I'm going to suffer them now? What's the point of forgiveness? Who needs that? Who needs to confess to what? To who? My life is right here and right now. I don't have to worry about dying. Just really, really out there on an island. Spiritually devoid. And just so consumed with themselves that the only gospel they understand and recognize is me, myself, and I and what can I take and what you're going to do for me. Those are the only chapter and verses they're interested in reading. Constantly, constantly toiling and listening to any and everything so that they can deceive and cheat. But who are they really deceiving and who are they really cheating? You have to catch that in your spirit. So we've read these verses. Now, we're going to have to go a little bit further And we're going to go to Exodus 8 because I gave you a word. And you're going to see how it fits in. In this particular chapter, this word is mentioned five times. 
And I want you to look at verses 28, 29, and 30 with me. And we're in Exodus 8. So let's go to Exodus 8. And let's look at verses 28, 29, and 30. And it comes upon when we're dealing with the plagues. So this would be the second plague. And we've had the plague of blood, which would be the first one. The plague of frogs would be the second. Lice would be the third. Flies would be the fourth. Livestock would be the fifth. Boils would be the sixth. Hail would be the seventh. Locusts would be the eighth. Darkness would be the ninth. And the death of the firstborn would be the tenth. And that's when we get into um, Exodus 11. And it goes through uh, Exodus 12 around verse 33. So remember, we just read Exodus 12 and we looked at verses 31 and 32. And, you know, there's been 10 plagues to include the death of the firstborn. So Pharaoh, like I said, he's done. But he still wants to be blessed. Well, let's look at, again, Exodus 8. And let's look at verses 28 29 and 30. So the word of God says this, Exodus 8, 28. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. 29. Then Moses said, indeed, I am going out from you, and I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of the flies may depart tomorrow from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. But let Pharaoh not deal deceitfully any more, and not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 30 So Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. Moses warned Pharaoh, said, do not deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. The Lord had instructed Moses to tell the people to get ready to go and to go sacrifice unto him. And it was going to take three days to get there. So, the Egyptians at the time, considered certain animals sacred. So it's my opinion, like I said, my opinion, that they did not want to offend any of the Egyptians. So they were going to move away from them. And furthermore, they were told by the Lord that it was time to sacrifice and to worship him. So they wanted to do that outside of, you know, where they had been living and held in bondage. And it was to God, their God, to worship. You know, people worship God, and they were instructed, and this is what they wanted to do. So here you have Pharaoh asking God through his servant Moses To have something taken away. A plague. And Moses. 
obviously recognizes Pharaoh as an enemy. But Moses is going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Say, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll go to my God on your behalf. But you cannot be deceitful. And we're not here to disrespect you. We're here to worship and to honor our God in this context. This is what we want to do. And we've come to you. Asking that we be allowed to do it. See. The people were going to leave Pharaoh. God was going to make sure his people were going to be delivered. Pharaoh probably is like, are they going to come back? But he could have asked that instead of being deceitful. So you see what happened in the second plague. Now we get all the way to Exodus 12. And he asked Moses to bless him. Moses was silent. And it's because Pharaoh had no intentions of humbling himself, being transformed by what he had seen and what he had witnessed and how merciful God was to him because God could have took him quite early. But God was giving him an opportunity. And Pharaoh knew who the real God was. It was obvious. And what God was doing was righteous and just. Pharaoh believed that these people were going to go grow mighty and harm him. Who told him that? But because he worshipped so many gods and was double-minded and unstable in all his ways, he couldn't see. Because he was so consumed with me, myself, and I. That logic didn't matter. Reason didn't matter. He got to the point where he was insatiable. Everything he ever wanted. He was never satisfied with it. It had to be more, more, more. Wow. How sad to get to a point where you can't be humble. How sad that you get to a point and you cannot be still. How sad that you get to a point where when you have so much, it's still not enough. How sad is that? We're talking about praying for our enemies today. So it's obvious that Pharaoh wasn't seeking any type of redemption. He wasn't seeking anything to accept. God, Jehovah, El Shaddai, 
to be his God. No. What he wanted was something that was just temporary. Just give me enough relief so I can regroup. Because even though he allowed the people to leave Egypt, he changed his mind quickly and came after them. And anything that he had under his command, he sent after them. So truly, he was deceitful in his heart from the beginning. He had no intentions of letting them go. Because he believed he was a God and he was entitled to them. And who was God Almighty to come into his land and take what he thought was his? See, a people of faith cannot be bound. You may attempt to enslave their bodies, but you do not own their hearts and their mind. They will never be captive to you. They will never bow to you. Look at how they were living. And they still believe God. That he was going to do what he said he was going to do. Amazing what faith is. See, your faith is something that's intentional. And when you have an intentional faith, you got a made up mind. And there's nothing or no one that can stop you. But this was a supernatural desire that God has placed in his people. And nothing man made can ever contend with that. That is eternal. That that is supernatural. That is everlasting. Now, Pharaoh's kingdom was no match for the most high God in all heaven and earth and creation. No. It was obvious to God and to Moses and to the people. That Pharaoh wasn't a true worshiper. No. He wasn't close to being converted. He had his own agenda. Imagine that, having your own agenda. And if you keep coming up against God, especially when you say you're in relationship, you're in reverence to his reverence makes you disobedient. And God's not having that. Not at all. It's just fascinating how the scriptures unfold here. So, 
Let's go over to Jeremiah. And we're going to start in Jeremiah 7. Now, Jeremiah is talking to believers. Jeremiah comes from a long line of priests. And he's talking to those that serve God. Because it's obvious for us to see the fault in Pharaoh. Let's look at those who serve in the temple of the Lord. Who serve God's people. Let's look a little closer at them. Because see, God is not going to have any favorites. So it's important that we get this lesson and get it right. We're talking about praying for enemies. Notice Moses, by we got the time we got to Exodus 12, it didn't matter what Pharaoh was asking. Moses wasn't going to do it because I'm sure God instructed him not to. He wasn't going to hear it. So let's look. We're in Jeremiah chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 1. And uh, we're probably going to go to around verse 17 or around verse 16. So we, we will see. And again, I'm in the New King James Version, and verse 1 says this, Jeremiah 7. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, verse 2, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there, there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Verse 3, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. For do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Five, for if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, Six, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurt, seven, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Eight, behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Nine, will you steal, murder, Commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know. Ten, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Eleven, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. Twelve, but go now to my place 
which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. 13. And now, because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer. 14. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. 15. I will cast you out of my sight as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. 16. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Wow. What an indictment by God Almighty himself. He said they were speaking lying words when they were saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, and the temple of the Lord are these. These are believers. These are those that serve. And look at the sins they had committed. They did not execute fair judgment between a man and his neighbor. They oppressed the stranger and the fatherless and the widow. They shed innocent blood. And they walked about with other gods. And they made altars and temples to Baal. Then it says that they stole, they murdered, they committed adultery. They bared false witness. And they burned incense to Baal. They worshipped him. And it said they walked with other gods that they do not know. But the most critical part. As he says in verse 16. Therefore do not pray for this people nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. See, you can see Pharaoh, but can you see the Pharaoh in you that puts you in a position to where God says, To the prophet. Don't even lift your voice. To me. Concerning these people. That is very, very serious. And we have to be very careful. When we're so quick to point something out to someone who we believe is not a brother or a sister. 
and we forget what we're doing to grieve God so much that he doesn't even want to hear a prayer lifted about those who are supposed to be his children operating he said in a house which is called by my name and it's reduced to becoming a den of thieves what are we doing men and women of God in God's house he sees it all he knows it all doesn't matter how big and prim and proper and how many people come and how many missions you do. If you're not executing judgment between a man and his neighbor correctly, if you are oppressing the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and you are shedding innocent blood, And you're walking with other gods. And you are committing. Murder. Adultery. You're stealing. You're swearing by false witnesses. You're worshiping other gods. You're building edifices to them. God knows what his house looks like. He knows what should be going on in there. You know, Sunday. There's a lot of people who believe in Christianity worship. But it's also the most segregated day of the week because we don't want those type of people in our church he said it was his how can somebody how can something be ours and we didn't create it He makes it very plain. I really encourage you to get this in your spirit. Now let's go to Jeremiah 11. And let's go to verses 13 and 14. We're talking about praying for your enemies. So Jeremiah chapter 11. I'm in the New King James Version. And I'm looking at verses 13 through 14. And the word of God says this. Verse 13. For according to the number of your cities. 
where your God, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you have set up altars to that shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. 14. Do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. Wow. It was everywhere. And how polytheist are we? Are we stuck on our devices? Do we have to belong to certain groups? Do we have to live in certain zip codes? Are there certain people that we won't help? See, because... Jesus said he didn't come for the righteous. He came to call the sinner to repentance. He said the poor will always be with us. The widows, the prisoner, the sick. So when we pick and choose who we want to help. Who we want to fellowship with. What makes us different? Then these servants... That he's describing in Jeremiah 7 and 11. And let's go over to 14. What you should really understand. He says, so do not pray for this people. Or lift up a cry or prayer for them. For I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. See it says, blessed are the peacemakers. When you make peace, there's peace, not peacekeepers. They negotiate peace. Making peace, that's the ultimate goal. That's all it's going to be. Praise God for his word. Jeremiah chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 10 and 11. And the word of God says this. Verse 10. Thus says the Lord to this people. Thus they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. He will remember their iniquity now. And punish their sins. Verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, do not pray for this people for their good. (laughs) Wow. He says, do not pray for these people for their good. That's just crushing. And like I said, these the good folks, these the righteous folks. These are the ones that said, I do the work of the Lord. But when you judge others, you'll be judged by that same standard, if not worse. His name is on the houses of God. It's his name. 
He is the standard bearer. Not us. We needed saving. Not him. He created us to have fellowship with him. He is the creator, not the creation. We are going to move on to 1 John. And we're going to look at 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 17. Again, 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Verse 16, and the word of God says this, If anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. 17. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Wow. What kind of sin could not lead to death if all sin is unrighteous? Well, let's go back and look at the scripture. Verse 16. It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, there's a qualifier right there. If anybody sees his brother, a lot of people talk about what they think people are doing. They listen to other people tell them what somebody is doing. This is a qualifier right here. It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin. So be very careful how you bear witness and it should not be false because you shouldn't speak on things that you haven't seen concerning a brother or sister sinning if you haven't seen it then you haven't seen it so don't carry a tale about seeing something that you didn't see So let's go again. Verse 16. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. So you have sin that's leading to death and you have sin that's not leading to death. Well, let's try to help ourselves out with that because that's a lot of meat right there. So John has already addressed that, but we have to go back to chapter 1. And then we will have different eyes to see it again. So let's go to John chapter 1, and let's look at verse 9. But first, let's look at 8. But 9 is the one that we want to pay a lot of attention to because it's going to help us with John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 16. So let's go 
and look at first John chapter one, verse eight, and then we're going to really hit home with verse nine. Verse eight says this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Powerful, very qualifying. There's the foundation. Sit on that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay, so we must understand our position. God is sinless and we have sin. And if we say we have none, then we deceive ourselves and there's no truth in you. And we must come to God and worship him in spirit and in truth. It tells us that in John 4, 23, we must come to him correctly nine if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness there it is there it is let's read it again first john chapter 1 verse 9 if we Confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's an intentional God. But we must first do something. Because, see... Repentance cannot happen separate from confession. We have to confess. And then we are able to be cleansed. Because he says he's faithful. He does not waver. He will forgive us of our sins. And he will cleanse us. Can you imagine being forgiven and cleansed by he that is faithful all the time? Not some of the time. Not conditionally faithful. All the time. By confessing. By agreeing with God. That we are not in right standing. And being specific about what it is that has us out of alignment. Says he is faithful and just. Not just faithful, but just to forgive. Says our sins. See, that has an S on it. Plural, not singular. Sins. And then you're cleansed from all, not some all unrighteousness. And then look at 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Say that again. Verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Wow. Riveting. 
precise, like a laser. I just love his word. Love the clarity that he brings. I love the straightforwardness that he brings. I love the impactfulness that he brings. The insightfulness. The no shades of gray. It's not debatable. It's a command. You execute a command. You may ask for the command to be repeated to make sure you heard it correctly, but you execute it. And look what will happen by doing what God has instructed you to do. What teacher is more phenomenal than God? Jesus is always called the good rabbi. By those that agree or disagree, there's never any question about his integrity. Hello, we're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you. It's Rachel. How are you, family? Hey, what's up, woman of God? How you doing? I am blessed. How are you? I'm, I'm on fire, as you can see. Amen. That's why I, I hate calling in because I always feel like I'm the one who stopped it. So I apologize, but I just, you know, I couldn't help but to call it and just, you know, I know that you're talking about praying for your enemies. However, I know that what you've been reading has been, for me, it's been convicting. It's been reminding me, you know, because God rescued me out of the dirt. Amen. And sometimes we get, we get saved and we, we, we've been cleaned up for a little while and, you know, God gives us a, a house, a picture fence, a husband, dog name spot, and we forget, you know, the dirt. And so I just appreciate your truthfulness and, and, you know, again, having us to examine, having me to examine my heart first and for it to be, you know, and I, and God did, he spoke to me before about not praying for, you know, something that I was praying for. And, and that's heavy when, when the Spirit of the Lord says that. And I didn't realize that it said that so many times in Jeremiah. I had read it in Lamentations, I believe. But, um, you know, again, I believe that you're right. God gets to a place where he's fed up, too. You know, they're so double-minded. They don't want to listen. They act like they do. They worship me with their 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 mouth, but their hearts are far from me type of thing. So, you know, I, I just thank you for being honest and bringing the truth, Minister Nina, so that, you know, you can remind me uh, of all people just that, you know, and, 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 and you don't know, be and so heavenly-minded. You know what? And remind myself as well. See, the thing is, it comes to us first when you're, instructed to do something by God, he's giving it to you first for a reason. And you have to, you know, mm-hmm. really uh, digest it. And you really have yeah. to look at yourself and you're like, wow, you know what I mean? You have to see yourself in it. And uh, because I want to be able to go to him uh, in right standing, sis. Amen. You know, it, yep. it's not important what other people think. It's important what he thinks. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I say that I'm a servant, then, uh, you know, I'll be built and crushed all day long. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, crush, crush whatever's not, you know, righteous in me. You know, okay. I want it removed, however it feels, whatever it looks like, you know, because whatever's left is what's supposed to be left. And if, you know, and if, if I get out with mm-hmm. my soul intact, to God be the glory. Mm-hmm. But this, but this is not the time to, uh, start othering people. And pointing at other people and say, oh, look at the pharaohs over there. <laughs> Pharaoh, yeah, yeah, he got what he got. He got, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and, right. and you miss it that his house is his name is on it. It's not your name on it. Mm-hmm. And everything that we have is because of him. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's important when he tells you, you know, you can't pray for sister so-and-so no more. And that sister so-and-so might be you. You know, don't, 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 don't come to me with that no more. He shut it down. People say, well, why won't he? I think he told you why. There's some things that have to be done if you want God to listen. He's not obligated to listen. He's sovereign. He tells you the qualification as to how he will listen. So if you're not hitting that and you're doing other things, you can forget about it. You know, Pharaoh had enough sense to ask for somebody to bless him. Because he knew that Moses and Aaron spoke to God and God spoke to them. And that they represented the most high God. So, I, you know, I can give Pharaoh uh, an agreement on that. He knew that they was real and this God was even realer. Hello? Oh, it was it was the real deal Holyfield, as some of them say. Mm, that's right. <laughs> so he knew. So some some people ought to, you know, respect that. Huh, uh, right. Like Pastor Terry's mom used to say, even a, a broke clock is right twice a day. Uh-oh. <laughs> so right. I, I hope we see it in ourselves and that we Amen. do what well, we need what to do doing, so thank you well you know i love you and you and i'll be talking soon and god bless you sis i'm down well, to the last too. minute and don't all forget right. we started this together save the loss at all costs and we will end it together hello hello save the loss at all costs all right so so why why are you playing sis the door is always open hello Amen. All right. You said it. All right. I love you. All right. I love you more. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. She's a real serious servant. That's a joke. So I don't want anybody to think that she's playing. She's very serious, very dedicated. Her family is dedicated. Uh, God bless her. And I love her so much. So we have talked about praying for your enemies. I hope that we got the lesson today and see where Pharaoh was and how God um, you know, had instructed Moses and Aaron, you know, don't bring them to me anymore. See yourself in the lesson. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you and amen. God bless you. Save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 302 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. 
If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.